Hey there. Here's what's coming up in this episode. What is, is it just like the mom pouch? What are we going to call no, that? I think it's the mom pouch people have all their lives. It's that thickening around the middle where you just don't look like a girl anymore. It's just a grandma look. Oh. It's called Menno Belly. Menno Belly. That's what we, yes. I've seen that, I think, on some terrible ads that I was targeted by on Facebook. Yeah. I wonder what I'm going to get now that it's been listening. Like what kind of thing? I'll screenshot and send it to you. (laughs) Listen, I should actually put that into the release. By appearing on this podcast, you are telling the algorithm that you want all of the ads about meno belly, literal atrophy, (laughs) libido problems, hair loss, eye lifts. Welcome to the My Aloof Vagina podcast, where we explore the distress and surprise of our midlife transitions. We take menopause seriously, but we don't take ourselves seriously. And we believe that learning what to expect in perimenopause can be entertaining. It's inevitable, so we may as well equip ourselves and have a good time. I'm your host, Martha, and this episode was actually recorded before the podcast even launched. My friend Deanna Boyd and I had been talking about what was happening with our bodies and our brains. So we decided to record it. Deanna is a longtime makeup artist and photographer who encourages women to embrace their unique look through her work and with her social presence as unfiltered and evolving beauty. As friends do, we meander a bit. We talk about a lot of things. What exactly is clitoral atrophy? What happens to all our faces as we get closer to menopause that she even notices with the rich and famous? And what do your sleep habits have to do with it? And what key tips does she have around changing your makeup as you age? We've got the answers to all these questions and more in this episode, so stick around. By the way, as always, anything we talk about during the show is referenced in the show notes for each episode. Links, more details, photos, those kinds of things. You can find them anytime right there in your podcast app or at myaloofvagina.com. My favorite part about this podcast has been being able to share some of my favorite people with you, some of my accomplished friends, my interesting friends. And before I tell you a little bit more about the conversation today, I do want to let you know that I am still away from home. That situation with the older relative who fell and needed surgery has now doubled. I now have two older relatives here both with osteoporosis, both with dangerous fractures that required surgery. It's been a lot. I mean, I feel like I've aged a decade in the few weeks I've been here, and I'm sure that I look like it. Right now, I'm hidden away up in the treehouse to record, so it might not be great sound quality for this intro, and you may even hear traffic in the background. But I wanted to mention it again because longevity is still on my mind. Osteoporosis is on my mind, and I want to make sure I bring someone on the show to talk about it, to talk about things we can do to avoid it and to improve our experience as we age. So if you know anybody, if you know a longevity expert who's fun or funny, which might be a stretch, or you have any other suggestions for me and the show, please send me a DM on Instagram or reply to any sisterhood email and let me know. Now, one key part of healthy aging is making sure you're having fun and choosing fun. And Deanna and I definitely have fun in this conversation. She mentions in passing a book that helped her realize she was in perimenopause. That book is linked in the show notes for you. So this chat opens with me asking her what she's noticed about this stage of life. Symptoms are experiencing, because I'm cataloging these now, because no one told me, like no one ever told me. So I'm starting to notice like just the differences in my skin, you know, like 
how the skin hangs. That's been a big thing. Your the jowls. You keep referencing right your jowls. Right here, right here. And then the one eye that's droopier than the other. And Can we start, talk to the, about yeah. that? Can we just talk about the one eye? Because I'm, I don't, I never. Are you that. noticing? Well, I, don't see I already really knew. With, it's slight for you. Okay. So that would be your right eye. <laughs> like, look at, my right eye is the same. If you're noticing I, oh. celebrities our age. Well, yeah. So let's talk about that because I always had hooded eyes. I always had one eye that was smaller than the other. But when you and I were talking a couple months ago, you mentioned like as a throwaway line, oh, you know how one side will age differently in one eye. And I'd never heard that. So please explain this one eye thing. What is the story? Well, most likely you're around our age range. So you're going to probably notice, and I hate calling out names, but you know, they're out there, but like Jennifer Aniston, Courtney Cox, Gwyneth Paltrow, Naomi Watts, around our age range, you know, these actresses that were very popular in the 90s and you just see it. And here's the thing. It's a rare occasion that you find somebody like Janet Jackson that's perfectly like symmetrical, you know, her eyes. And usually you are going to be a little off or your nose is a little crooked and things like that. That's what makes us beautiful. Those unique things. It's just the way it is. And it goes with boobs too. <laughs> boobs, same thing. One, you know, what they're, they're, Sisters, not twins. Isn't that the, the thing? Okay. It's so like brown. Mine are cousins. Cousins. <laughs> <laughs> My boobs are cousins. They're, they're not even sisters. No. So, you know, I just want to throw that out there. And you're beautiful just the way you are. And this is just, if you're starting to see that, it's it's natural. Botox can't help that. It's a facelift that's going to help that. Or like some kind of surgical eye surgery that's going to help that. Botox is not going to help that. That is a natural part of aging. You were saying something about, I know our faces aren't symmetrical. Um, and by the way, this is not the podcast where we have to worry about, you know, everyone's beautiful. This is not that podcast. <laughs> this is a podcast well, where my the, vagina the, wasn't working. Well, so. I know, I know, but I believe there's enough on social media to make you feel bad. You know what I mean? Right. So I... It just my clients, I just never want them to ever feel that way. You know, as a makeup artist and photographer, I'm like, you are stunning just the way you are. Yes, I can help you with that. Or I can tell you why that's happening. But I never want anybody to feel that bad. So the uneven part, not the fact that they're not symmetrical, but you said as you age, there's something about like only one side falls or something. Well, listen, I am not a professional dermatologist, plastic surgeon, whatever. So this is just my opinion. I've been a makeup artist for 30 years. Oh God. Actually, it'll be 31 years this year. I, so I know I'm like, Ugh. but yeah, I just feel like what I've noticed in my, you know, experience, it's one side that just kind of, and then eventually it evens out, but one side goes further. I don't know if you've noticed that part of your body, this, this part is just, it's heading downward earlier. And then this other side will eventually match. So so that's what you're saying is that when we age, what you've noticed, because you're up close on people's faces and, and paying long. attention, mm-hmm. one side starts to go first. So for a little while, it looks a little bit unbalanced. That's it. From my experience, that is just what I've seen. And I've just, I see it with my clients. I see it with like celebrities. And these are people that pay money to get all the things done. And you can even still see it with them because they haven't had the whole facelift or they haven't had the eye surgery or that kind of thing. So they haven't done that yet. And hey, props to people that do that. Whatever makes you feel better. you know. Because I think I see it on my face for sure. I just am annoyed that it's the same side that was already smaller. So it's just, it's just um, intensifying that. Whereas if it had been the other side, I might've been even for a couple of years. And that's probably why maybe that side has always been that way. Has always been one that's <laughs> gravity wise, 
going downward faster. I don't mean to harp on it. I just found it so fascinating when you said that kind of in passing to me. And I said, mm-hmm. hold up. Here's the other thing. A friend of mine, her mom used to have this party trick. She could tell what side you sleep on. Mm-hmm. Because of the crease. So I have been trying probably for a decade to sleep on my back. I mean, I sleep with a silk pillowcase, Mm -hmm. but I try to sleep on my back as much as possible. Of course, I wake up on my side and look at me and say, oh, you sleep on this side. On your right side, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And and you know what? And that's a pot that could possibly contribute to that too. You know, definitely. I have had neck surgery. So I sleep with like a neck pillow and it's a satin one. I I have one that I can definitely recommend. Ooh, and we'll put that in the show notes. Yeah, Nurse Jamie, I think it is. And I love her pillow because if you are a side sleeper, so it does the neck thing, which is actually really supportive here, but she has this really unique pillow. It's a weird shape. I'm trying to think of how to describe it, but it has this area where if you do sleep on your side, it's open. Oh. So yeah, so you, so there's less scrunching. There's less I want scrunching. that pillow. Okay, yes, I'm I will show. Yes, pillow. I will show it to you. It's fabulous, but it's re- really great for neck support too. That's good. I'm all about gadgets and things. Yes. And the silk pillowcases. People, oh wow! I'm like, why wouldn't I? They're not right. that oh, expensive. Yes. it's good for my hair. It's good for my skin, and. I change them more often because I'm aware and paying attention. So, oh yeah, that's true. That's a whole other thing on just like sleeping on a dirty pillow. The one thing I was going to say too, not only with like my face, but it's that little front area right here, the little pouch. Like on, on your stomach? <laughs> okay. Our right mom up. pouch? <laughs> yes. I think they call it a fupa. Isn't that what it is? Oh, is it a fupa? I thought fupa was lower. But I don't know technically. I just, yeah, I don't know. All I know is it's like the little tummy portion above the fupa. (laughs) Yes, right. What is that? Why? (laughs) I was kind of was fatter on the stomach. Like I still don't like have like a narrow waist or a flat stomach. Yeah, yeah. Right? I had great legs, but, you know, more apple shaped. So it was never super flat. I always carried fat there, even when I was thin. But then I had that surgery with the fibroids, which was basically a cesarean, but no babies, just Mm -hmm. giant fibroids. So I had now a cesarean scar and a cesarean incision. And since that happened, now I have that like shelf, which I never had before, (laughs) which really was upsetting to me because, you know, zero to 45, none of that. Now I've got that. It's so... I don't understand. It's very normal. It's hormonal. And even for the women that do work out and they have typically had had like a flat stomach and they're even noticing like that area is just hard unless you're doing something surgically to kind of help it, you know? So you're not talking about just the mom pouch. You're talking about menopausal increase fat around your middle. That's what I'm noticing. Yes. It's just all around cortisol levels and things like that. Sure. The thickening around the middle. Yes. It's why women wear these big flowers tops that like tie at the boobs to create like a curtain or Spanx or Spanx <laughs> or older women whole dressing thing where, you know, listen, I shouldn't even say this out loud because it's going to be me <laughs> where they wear outfits that highlight their legs because their legs still look good. Uh-huh. That this whole kind of fat metal thing doesn't exist. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? Yes, I know. I know. I have that build. Anyway, I have a feeling it's going to get worse with menopause. Like that's going to be my well, my look. No, it's not going to be your look. We can change that. We can fix that. Come on. We can fix that. But I think we're not our parents 52, you know? Right. So when you're and talking about dressing. We're not golden girls 52 because they were in their 50s. Yes. And the youngest one was in their 40s. Yes. 
Yes, 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 yes. You know, it just goes to show that those style choices can make such a difference in how you feel and how you look. And you can disguise your pooch or whatever, your menopause. What is that called? What is, is it just like the mom pouch? Is it, what what are we going to call that? Maybe there's a name for that. I think it's the mom pouch people have all their lives. This is that thickening. It's that thickening around the middle where you just, you don't look like a girl anymore. You, it's just a grandma look. It's called meno belly. I know. I don't, yeah. Meno, 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 meno belly. That's what we, yes. I've seen that, I think, on some terrible ads that I was targeted by on Facebook. Yeah. I wonder what I'm going to get now that it's been listening. Like, what kind of thing? <laughs> I'll screenshot and send it to you. <laughs> Listen, I should actually put that into the release. By appearing on this podcast, you are telling the algorithm that you want <laughs> all of the ads about meno belly. Yes. Literal atrophy, <laughs> libido problems, hair loss, eye lifts. I think you collagen. need a whole. I think you just need one podcast on the clitoral atrophy. I've heard a little bit. I've read a little bit, but not. I mean, I'd like to understand your experience more. <laughs> yes, I. Well, I've actually posted an episode that I'll send you a link. Ooh, okay, I, okay, okay. It is the flagship affliction of this podcast, so I'm happy to talk about it. Briefly. Yes. So <laughs> my aloof vagina. My yes. aloof vagina is just, you know, a different way to refer to clitoral af- atrophy. atrophy. Clitoral atrophy. Yeah. So clitoral atrophy, or what we call CA, okay. is a real thing. It has to do with a combination of hormone changes, but also lack of use because our body is very efficient and it's not going to spend a lot of resources keeping your clitoris fully plump with full circulation and nerve sensitivity if it's not being used because it's just a sensory organ. Mm -hmm. If you're not using it, you're just neglecting it and you're not getting aroused and having all that erectile tissue fill up with blood, then over time it just atrophies. The clitoral atrophy actually results in it shrinking. So it's less accessible and then harder to get it erect Bring again. Bring it back to a life. Bring it back to life. The other thing that people don't know is that your clitoral spongy tissue that gets engorged is actually a whole figure eight around your body. So it's from the what we know. Now, men might not know. Have you seen in my logo that star is the clitoris? So okay. it makes sense it, now. It's, been, it's been, <laughs> right, right there. Everything is right there. It's that spot. And they like go in and they're like rubbing it like an eraser, right? Because once like, I know where the little man in the canoe is. And so they go there, but it really, it, all the nerve endings and everything goes all the way all around, around your vulva it. and your vagina and yeah. then crosses in between, like in the, mm-hmm. I don't know how to say the word, is it perineum or perineum? The taint. I don't, yeah. The taint. So, yeah, it crosses yes. the taint because this is not a medical podcast. <laughs> yes, please, yeah, taint. please, you know, I'm coming over that. <laughs> yeah, and surround your anus, your yes. butthole. And then it also goes inside. There are legs of it that go into your vagina, which leads to what is your G-spot. The G-spot's not a separate thing. It's just where some of the spongy tissue ends up inside mm. your vagina. It's all connected. The outside clitoris, that's the canary in the coal mine. If that starts to recede and go into the hood and you can't get it to work or it's not sensitive, that's just because that is like dying from lack of use and hormone and and circulation. So then that leads to other issues because all those muscles are together. So it's not unrelated to incontinence. It's not unrelated to other vaginal atrophy and dysfunction. It's not unrelated to pelvic floor health. It's all 
together. Mm. It's not just a sex issue. Sure. It's a pelvic health issue. In my case, from being celibate and through some masturbation-free years out of guilt and Mm. an old toy, frankly, if I'm honest, I had been using the same (laughs) style toy for 20 years. There's so many choices now. I mean, I I mean... So I had to switch it up because like, oh, and so since it wasn't working, I wasn't doing it and I didn't have a bathtub. There are all these things that were leading to less of that. So when I was surprised with a fun, unexpected sexual encounter, that was the, oh, hey, this isn't working properly, the alert. And then when I went and did the research, I realized that. But that was a mild case. Praise the Lord. Yeah. That research led to everything else because once I was aware of that, I realized, oh, I am in perimenopause. And then I started recognizing the other symptoms and then doing all the other research. But it all started because, you know, what is wrong with you? It wasn't (laughs) working. Like it worked, but it, it kind of felt like, I mean, I can speak openly because I'm not in that relationship anymore. And I was so sensitive and worried about his ego and everything. But there were times when I thought, shouldn't shouldn't I be feeling more right now? Like, shouldn't this feel different? Shouldn't? Yeah. And then I felt self-conscious and responsible because, you know, it's it's always our fault if things aren't wonderful, <laughs> right? Like, oh, maybe I'm frigid, whatever, all those things. But that so is not my opinion. <laughs> it's not the truth. But we're such caregivers and we feel so responsible that it had to be an amazing experience. And if my sexual organs were not responding properly, now I was at fault. Although I don't hold a guy at fault if he has any kind of ED issue, right? But I totally yeah, took it upon myself. Or maybe it wasn't that good, you know? You well, know. here's but the you, thing. you could tell something. You could tell something was Something was wrong, but yeah. I will tell you this now that it's over. And I wouldn't have been able to say this before. I think that the good sex, I was trying to recover with him as, as it was going. And I was just really invested in it being great because when I reflected more objectively, it was just any sex in a storm. <laughs> any sex in the quarantine and sure. that it had been so long. But also once I realized that there was a dysfunction, I was so focused on fixing that dysfunction. I kind of ignored that overall, it was fine. Yeah. It wasn't wonderful. But at the time, I was really invested in believing that it was great and fabulous and that this was the one issue. But really, oh, it, so much overall, more. no. Like, I'm like, oh, that was great, but I'm not going to remember it as this amazing sexual compatibility or experience. But I'm grateful. Because I wouldn't even have noticed. Yeah. I would have been a couple more years down the road, possibly, just because of my nature. I'm not really a hookup gal, obviously, sure. by the celibacy. So if he hadn't shown up, like, with his dick in his hand, <laughs> literally, like, he was just legend. delivering it. Right there, yeah. I mean, legendary. Epic. <laughs> Bravo. Crap. I, I still am so impressed with his his ballsiness. Uh, yes. No pun intended. Yeah, but, like, I... really, very impressive. <laughs> hilariously impressive. But if he hadn't shown up, I would have been two more years, maybe longer oh, yeah. and, and not, down the path yeah. of degradation and atrophy. And for me, sure. some hormone deficiencies, who knows? So it all works out great. And I'm not going to sneeze at any sex because it was still fine. It was great, you know, because yeah. I was yeah, there yeah. and I'm pretty good at sure, this, yes. but it wasn't dreamy. Yeah. It, it just, I was distracted by the concern about my own functioning. And so I, I would be too like, like, what is, what is wrong with you? Come on now, you know, like, come on. I was betrayed. Come on, you come on now. Um, <laughs> you know, work for me, work for me. Yeah, it's interesting. It's very interesting to just think about that whole thing. I was doing Kegels while we're talking. I'm like, I'm just oh, let's I'm do those again. Kegel. Like as you're talking about, I'm like, no atrophy, no atrophy, nothing. 
That helps with circulation for sure. And I've been trying to do more of those. You know, they say when you're pregnant, you should do that or whatever. And you should just do it in general. I forget about until we start talking about Mm -hmm. that. Or if I read something, I'm like, oh, got to do it. Got to work on it. You know, I will add this because, of course, I'm obsessed. Right. And so I've been researching and there's a whole specialty now on pelvic floor health and people who do pelvic floor therapy and interventions and things. And what they're saying now is that Kegels are not necessarily the best way to do it. They're good for you because even when you do it, like right now with my eyebrows, right, I'm doing it. I can feel that there's more blood flow. Right. Like yes. it almost, I could get myself excited, right? Okay. If I oh, work okay. on it, right? Oh, wow. I'm okay. just saying. Okay. <laughs> just because, because it's like a lot of attention there. Sure. So it yes. is good for you. But to do too many can, can strengthen just one part of your pelvic floor and can cause okay. an imbalance. Nowadays, they have exercisers. Like what they do you have? You like shove it up I, in there and do what? Yeah, what? I don't what? really know. I, I haven't, mm. I haven't actually gone deeper in because I have, I did buy myself <laughs> deeper in. <laughs> I, I did buy myself something called a V Fit, okay. which is. A, <gasps> do you know about this? No, but I feel like I've seen that. It's probably yeah. my algorithm is probably. I'm why. sure you're yes. getting ads because we're friends. So <laughs> V Fit is, I don't know what it is right now, but it was like a five hundred dollar device. My friend's like, you're buying a five hundred dollar vibrator. I'm like all in the name of research. <laughs> I, I mean, I bought myself a Dyson Airwrap. Why wouldn't I buy myself, you know, the so equivalent of my uh, vagina appliance. The V-Fit uses red light therapy. So okay. there's red lights, to okay. ha- which we know is proven yes. to help keep the tissues fresh and mm-hmm. moist and healthy moist. and a certain kind of vibration. And then you use it every other day and then it helps with health. And that's just one thing. It keeps things revved up, but it's not a sex toy. Not that does you can't like use it that way. No, it <laughs> depends on- Wait, does it feel like a sex toy? <laughs> it depends on the mood I'm in. Right. If I'm, uh, yeah. if I'm like scrolling through the news and doing my 10 minutes, mm-hmm. it's just You're, like- Yeah, it's just therapy. <laughs> if I'm like, oh, I should do my V-Fit. It's like anything else. In a certain mindset, I'm like, oh, and I can take care of other things at the same time. But it does vibrate. But it's internal vibration that's specific to... I mean, I imagine if that's what gets you excited, then that would for sure be a sex toy. Obviously, with my obsession with the external, that's not really... Not your thing. Not currently. Anyway, things change. Life is long. Hello. Hey there. I'm popping in to tell you that the V-Fit did not cost $500. I paid $500 for a Dyson Airwrap, so I must have confused it. But you can actually pay even less than I paid on any V-Fit purchase by using my codes or my links. In the show notes, you'll find a link for a special limited time offer for the My Aloof Vagina Bundle, where your price on a complete V-Fit starter kit is actually less than the regular price for the V-Fit alone. The kit comes with the gel, the cleansing wipes, and other things, and you save more than $50 on those bonuses. The code for that is MAVKIT, and it's available only while supplies last. Or you can pick any products you like, including the V-Fit Gold, and get 10% off everything with MAV10. You'll see the discount supplied in the shopping cart. I recommend the V-Fit to all my friends. You and your maturing vagina can thank me later. There are different exercisers that even have feedback and apps. I haven't looked into them, but I will now that we've talked about it, mm-hmm. where you stick it in and you use different muscles or whatever. Mm. The whole point is I always thought Kegels and would do them. And now, <laughs> I know like, as I'm focused, what? What'd you yeah. say? <laughs> well, I can't hear you. I'm healing. <laughs> um, I think it's another symptom of the attention 
to our health that's shifting. But it's interesting to me that it's not in the medical field. It's all commerce. It's the V-Fit. It's doing the research whether Kegels are really the best way. So now someone sees an opportunity and sells a gadget as opposed to the doctors saying Kegels are not the way. Instead, private industry, women's health in general. Like, I mean, beauty industry is where it's happening. That's just the way people shop anymore and the way they do things is all influenced by whether it's friends or influencers or that kind of thing or something you read, watch, whatever, a celebrity endorsed it, yada, yada. I do think since this is like, God, it sounds so, it sounds so saying it from a 52 year old, but things are just so different now. The way we communicate, the way we share information why not talk more about like, this is what's lacking in the medical industry, more focus on women and aging women and women that are going through this time of life. And you're starting to see more of that. And it's not just because the algorithm says so it's because it's just our generation. We're just like, listen, we're loud. And (laughs) but you need to help us get through this period, you know, and I think there's just more information, more doctors that are focusing on that. The book that I was talking to you about, I'm throwing this disclaimer out here now. You don't need to give the disclaimer. Okay, I don't. No, I don't want a disclaimer. It's a useful book. She's a specialist in women's health. And I think the book is useful. And I also have seen her as an expert in women's health for a very long time. So I- Same, yeah, yeah. I mean, everything I've researched on her and she was one of the first people like saying, listen, there is not enough funding. So I've had to create my own facility to help women during this time. They're not freaking just losing their mind. So Dr. Christiane Northrup, Mm -hmm. long history of being someone who focuses on our rhythms and our health holistically and spiritually, energetically, but also she's a gynecologist. Yes, yes, yes. Um, So she's a legitimate expert and has been talking about menopause and change for years and yes. years. And this book that you read, um, what's the title of that book? It's oh, it funny because I almost got it. Yeah, show notes. So one of the, when we were talking about you being a makeup artist for more than 30 years, more than 30 years. <laughs> um, so I know that I mean, listen, I didn't even own any makeup until you and I had a consultation. <laughs> you had some things. Come on now. You You're like, throw things. that away. Throw that yes, away. Throw it I away. didn't have any foundation. My brushes were sad and old. I went to <laughs> Sephora with a list. My friend says, buy these things. <laughs> I know. I love it. So it was great. And I did it. And now I have makeup. And I wear makeup more than ever yes. now. Thank yes. you. Yes. And I feel like I have all the things I need. Part of that probably was that I had aged I was still doing things the way I would have done them when I was 25. And we've talked in the past about you have techniques and some things that women can do as they get older. There are changes, right? Oh, yeah. I've got a lot of them. We'll have to do another podcast on that, like just full blown. You can take two takeaways from today. Yes, please. And then we'll, <laughs> and then we'll come back and we'll do a whole thing about that. Yes, 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 yes. That, it would be fun. Because I deal with, you know, girls that are your tweens to women in their 70s. So I'm dealing with women of all different age ranges. But the one thing that I will say is we don't need foundation to cover up every single thing. It really is less is more. I love makeup. So I'm going to wear, I love the eyeshadow, eyeliner, whatever, but especially in person, less is more. Spot conceal versus like a full mask of foundation. Foundation really should just be to even out the skin tone and then to come in with spot concealer. Like I have some really big dark sunspots on certain parts of my face. I have hereditary dark circles that I blame on my dad because they are hereditary. So 
covering those up. And I just think that with makeup, this is my second biggest thing. I know there are techniques to like lift and do these things. I believe that if you're just happy wearing the way you like to wear your makeup, and if that's a big, bold lip, yes, you do it. Because makeup is such an expression, even until you're 95. You know what I mean? Like there's people on social media that I follow that, you know, are models and they're in their 70s and still wearing a bright red lipstick, hot pink. I'm pro-aging. You know what I mean? It's such a blessing to age, right? It's such a privilege to age because we know how short life can be. Have fun with your makeup. You know, of course, there's ways that you can look fresh and yada, yada, yada. But at the same time, I want you to still share your personality. So the two tips are, and as I'm, I'm like staring at your face and then look at my face and I'm so concerned about the the lighting, but also like you look beautiful and fresh and I'm like pulled together. No. But because, because of preferences on, on, you know, also you have a different complexion than I do. Well, but, but I did spot conceal. Yeah. I'm not wearing a full face of foundation either. Yeah. Like, the you know? two tips are you don't need a full face of foundation. You can just spot cover it, and that's what you do to look fresh when you're in person and to maintain your personality. So if makeup's for fun. So if there's something you love, like a bold lip or a certain kind of eyeliner or something that you like to do, keep doing it. You don't have to change it just because you're aging. Or just because the, it, it, nothing bothers me more. And this we can get in until the other podcast of it is watching social media influencers telling me, eh, this is wrong. Eh, stop this. Don't do this. It just drives me crazy. So it's like, you know, watch who you follow, you know, but I follow people that like feed me, you know what I mean? Like give me good information, but I'm not, I'm going to still do what makes sense to me. If I want to wear a full blush, like I always do, hell yeah, I'm going to do what I want because that feels good to me. I'm just all about doing you. And especially with makeup, of course, there's techniques. Of course, you can do things to accentuate and lessen the appearance of whatever. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, it's just still being your personality. To me, that's more youthful than anything else. Well, I think that's a good place for us to end because really the message is one of the gifts of aging is knowing who you are and allowing yourself to just be you. Thank you for listening. Take care of yourself and take care of your vagina. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend you think would enjoy it too. And one of the surprises of the show has been how great it is to hear from you. Remember to find me the next time you're on Instagram to let me know what you think. Look me up at Vagina. 